welcome to Chief Wellbeing Officer. I'm Stephen McGregor. This is episode 18, and this month we ask who owns well-being with Heineken. So more details on that in a few minutes. So today is, where are we? It's Friday the 19th of July, uh, so we'll get this episode out certainly before the end of the month, you know, early next week, together with the article on the European Business Review and the video summary. So what's going on with you? You know, summer in the city here in Barcelona. You know, personally, I'm loving it. You know, a lot of people try and escape the city, but uh, I just love living in Barcelona. I love the heat. You know, I'm not a typical Scotsman, perhaps, um, kind of red-haired and pale-skinned, and, and so I, I love the heat and, and I love the summer evenings in Barcelona. I will not stick around the city the full, the full summer, but really enjoying being here, and it's been a mixture of social and things that the city has to offer and and also a lot of work things you know typically in Spain things kind of shut down in July and August or, or southern Europe in general right and that was a big surprise for me when I first moved out here uh, to Spain 16 years ago you know compared to certainly the UK but I think that's changing you know I think people are, are less or at least locals are less taking the full month of August off on vacation, that certainly does happen, but it's more of a staggered approach to, to taking holidays. And so there's still life in the city, uh, whereas I think maybe 10 years ago, that wasn't always the case. So, you know, things going well with different conversations, you know, really just loving the feedback that I'm getting on the, the new format of the podcast. So please keep that coming. And if anyone wants to, you know, suggest an idea for a future episode then please let us know please get in touch through the website or contact me through through social media I'm pretty visible on that so what else is happening you know i think i've been pretty fortunate over the years to be on other podcasts you know i love producing this podcast and i've got a great producer in rob who turns this around and really um does a great job not only on the audio side but on the videos and and everything else um in the av space that we do in in the lab um but I've been inspired with being a guest on other podcasts over the years. You know, I've been on Mark Bidwell's Innovation Ecosystem podcast a couple of times, and Mark really inspired me to to get this moving last year. And then recently, I've been on a couple of podcasts with, um, first of all, Wise, which is the World Innovation Summit on Education, um, and that is a biennial summit that takes place in Doha and Qatar. So I'll be a guest speaker out there in November. And I uh, was interviewed with them uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and that actually went live today. So you can find that on the, you know, we'll link that from from the website, but you'll find that if you just type in Wise Summit. Uh, the podcast is called Wise Words, and you'll get that on Apple and uh, Spotify and uh, SoundCloud. Uh, I also got another interview podcast coming up with the, the team at Go to Thrive, um, and that should be out probably in the autumn. So that's always good fun, you know, trying to, bring my own thoughts together and it helps a lot in my own kind of thinking and, and, and puts together all the different conversations that I'm having. And even if you don't want to, you know, appear on an episode, uh, summer for me is generally exploratory mode. You know, the last couple of years, you know, I've invariably had a book project this year. Not quite, although I don't think the next one is too far away, but certainly this summer is about reading and, and exploring and, and things like that. And I'm really at this point of thinking what is next for well-being at work. You know, a lot of the Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast is exploring a lot of these themes with big companies. 
So we've had the pleasure of SAP and Santander the last couple of months. We have Heineken this month and we've got a few more lined up before the end of the year. Um, but it could be, you know, startup companies, it could be disruptors, it could be all types of organisations who are doing very interesting things in this whole area of health, well-being, positive cultures. So, you know, I'd love to hear from you if you've got anything to share and just kind of compare notes in this very interesting field. Uh, and always up for a chat in that kind of space. A couple of things in terms of writing, you know, and if you're a Spanish native speaker or if you read Spanish, I have eight articles coming out in Lectoras de Verano, which is the summer um, section of Expansión uh, newspaper, which is kind of like the Spanish Financial Times, at least as far as I know. So that will be out in August. Eight articles of about um, 1,500 words each. So if you're, if you're a Spanish reader, then you might find that interesting. Um, and I think, you know, the next podcast possibly will be September. You know, I was toying with the idea of of keeping it going in August, it will be digital well-being, which will be the theme of the next episode. But I think we'll keep that until September when everyone is fully back in work mode. And next month, we'll probably have one of the chapters of the audiobook, either of Chief Wellbeing Officer or Sustained Executive Performance, that we'll push out on, on the podcast for, for August. So I think that's kind of it for me uh, in terms of a catch-up and things going on in Barcelona. And to this episode, you know, um, pleasure of talking to Fernando Layana, who's the head of Workspace Services for Heineken Spain. And I met Fernando a few months ago uh, in a bar in Madrid. He got in touch with us after he'd read the Chief Wellbeing Officer book. And I was very interested because he was approaching wellbeing from his position in Workspace Services. And even with we were working with CBRE a bit over the last couple of years, and then I was looking at the the standard that they uh, use for healthy buildings. And so you have this whole angle of, let's say, facility services or, um, you know, real estate consulting that looks at well-being as, as well, right? And then I was thinking, well, we have all these different angles, you know, health and safety, occupational health and safety. You've got learning and development. You've got human resources. You've got all these different functions within an organization who have, let's say, a piece of the puzzle, um, and I was very interested in talking to Fernando and his efforts to kind of get well-being moving or accelerating a little bit more in Heineken, Spain, and, and just being recently installed in Madrid after having worked the past several years in Ireland. So I really thought that was a, a nice question to ask. So I've had that kind of as an idea for an episode for the last few months. And, and so we had this conversation, you know, who owns well-being as an organisational design problem and, and, and we had a very interesting chat. So Fernando, really uh, thankful for his time and his, his energy and his insights into this and a lot of things that we talked about was uh, the fact that he looked at different layers of health and well-being uh, within the organisation with the base layer of the health and safety, which is of course very important in a company like Heineken, which has a lot of people working in a plant-based setting. And then on top of that, he called it wellness, but let's say well-being which is a word that I prefer over wellness, um, is uh, aspects of nutrition and exercise and, and things like this within the workplace, that added value. And then he adds the third layer, the top layer of that happiness level, as he calls it, which is things to do with purpose and also aspects related to corporate social responsibility, which I love. You know, I've previously done a lot of research in the CSR field and Heineken over the years have done a lot in, in CSR. So we looked at these layers and a lot of our discussion came to the, the need for a vision or a strategy 
to bring all of these disparate areas together, right? So for the for Heineken, that vision centers on the EVP, the employee value proposition, which is owned by the executive committee, right? And not all of the EVP and not all of that journey and even the aspect of journey fits with our episode with SAP and the employee journey that they were looking at. Not all of that journey pertains to well-being, but a lot of it does, right? And and I think this tells us that you can ask who owns well-being in different settings and different contexts, but certainly a lot of the big questions that we have today within the organisation about adding value, about attracting and retaining talent, will be really, or needing, let's say, a big element of well-being. So I enjoyed this conversation, I hope you do too. Um, We'll be back most likely September with digital well-being. Until then, wherever you are, have a fantastic summer and of course, keep well, amigos. Bye for now. Ciao. So hi, Fernando. Welcome to the Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast. Hi, Steve. Thank you. So you are a Spaniard working for a Dutch company who has just returned from working several years in Ireland. That's true. Can you fill in some of the gaps, please? <laughs> well, I, was, uh, I joined Heineken like uh, 14 years ago in procurement. And um, after some years, I had the opportunity to move to Ireland uh, as procurement manager. And I spent five years there wonderful years with wonderful people in a wonderful company and I just returned last year to Heineken Spain uh, to move into the HR department. Yeah. yeah so you know your background in procurement and you're moving much more into the to the well-being space now right? True yeah. And and which area is that, is that in? That's in work, workplace services more right? Is that the side? That yeah we in? call it work, workplace services true yeah yeah yeah. yeah. We wanted to move from, from the facilities side, which is like kind of hard and, and no value added. Uh, and that's why we, we named it Workplace Services. Um, and I'm, I'm reporting to the HR director, so that gives you an idea of, of the importance that is taking. Yeah, so the, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm managing this is mainly because also because I had the, the supplier side. And you need to understand the, the supplier side when you try to obtain the best from your partners and, and this is key in, in terms of workplace. Yeah, and that's because I knew Heineken previously when I was doing research into corporate social responsibility into ESE, there was always some case studies from Heineken. So I've known that it's a company that has taken CSR very seriously over the years. Um, so whether that's a relationship with suppliers and then obviously the relationship with, with employees, right, which is what you're looking at a lot, a lot closer now. Hmm. You, you know, we had this conversation um, a couple of months ago in Madrid. True. Um, it wasn't a bar in Madrid, but we didn't drink beer that that day. I remember. No, that just, day, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, just back from Ireland, and me being a Scotsman, I don't know if that. Uh, uh, it was too too, too soon in exactly. <laughs> Too early. But, but you know, talking to you that time, it it gave me the idea for this episode, which was about. You know, we can look at well-being from many different perspectives in the organisation. You're in workplace services, and of course, there's been a lot on office design recently. A lot of companies like, um, you know, CBRE and ISS are looking at, you know, building a bit of their portfolio more into having a more healthy workspace, which really got me thinking, you know, because you're working in HR and, and you're looking at it from different perspectives. So is it as simple as saying who owns well-being in the organisation, where does it sit within the organisation? 
you know, we've been talking about this a little bit, but what, what yeah. are some of your initial thoughts in that in that area? Well, it's uh, it's difficult to, to give a simple answer uh, to this because it has uh, well-being has many angles, but it, when it comes to people, then you should say that it's, it's related to the HR uh, direction where I stand. But it uh, has multiple angles, as I said, and you have the RSC side, you have the communication side. I think it's a company thing, but HR has to drive it because uh, HR is is, is, the, is the the department that takes care of. Of people, but for me, apart from you know who owns it, is the importance of having a, the right strategy in place. You know, it's, it's it's having a vision about well-being, and this is uh, the challenging and, and exciting uh, topic. You know that uh, that you are working on, of course, and that got us uh, connected. Yeah, and and as you say, it's having a, a strategy beyond, let's say, just either single initiatives or just yeah. a, a narrow program. And having a strategy means that you connect it. You know, you have you have joined up thinking, let's say, on a very basic level. You have a vision of where you want to go, and you and you link it with the actual operate. You know, the the the, the value generating mechanism of the of the enterprise. Um, so these are things that you're looking at just now. I mean, you just tell us a little bit about where you'd like to go. I mean, I don't know if that. First of all, you want to preface that by talking about. Your, you know, how you view well-being and the, the definition of well-being and the different areas that you can that you can do, you know. Yeah, well-being uh, per definition is uh, the feeling of uh, being healthy and happy, and that gives you an idea of uh, what we're talking about. Um, so it's nice uh, words. For me, the, the main discovery when I got into this was that it, it's like a faced. Uh, you know, you start with the basics. Uh, people normally when you talk about well-being or, or wellness or they always think about the doctor and, and the doctor providing you some kind of access to a certain service that may be more or less developed uh, depending on the company but uh, could have a component of, of uh, correction but also a component a small component of prevention for me that's the basics you know that's that's uh, something that uh, everybody expects from a, from a company you know that takes care of the of the wealth uh, of the health of the of the of the employees but then when you evolve on this uh, you should add another layer uh, to that which we could call wellness and it's um, and that it starts to complicate uh, a little uh, the, 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 the view you're talking about nutrition there you're talking about uh, spaces there um, you're talking about uh, exercise um, and you could be talking also about financial wellness which is uh, some kind of an, a more developed degree of wellness. And this is, I think, where we are, everybody is trying to, to get. But to me, the, 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 the final layer would be um, happiness, where you, you see now new generations starting uh, wondering about you know, your, the relationship with the environment, uh, the, the, the purpose of your company, uh, your link with the community. And so for me, it, this, these three layers are, it's important to have these three layers uh, clear because it makes no sense that you're, you're working on the top while you don't have the the bottom side uh, uh, pretty you know established and, and clear um, and 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 that's important 
because any any vision you have, any politics, any strategy you have around well well being, uh, has to be uh, honest and has to be perceived as as true and solid. And and if you don't, if you start from the top, you know people is going to perceive it wrongly, and it's going to become perceived as not no honest, you know. Yeah. No, I think those layers are very interesting. You know, in previous episodes here, we've talked about how do you measure the return on investment mm-hmm. on well-being, or what is the typical approach. Yeah. And in many enterprises, that typical approach is that first layer that you've just described, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's looking at a kind of basic duty of care from the employee, maybe looking at risk reduction, for example, yeah. to make sure people are safe within the workplace. And it mm. looks like absenteeism and sickness and things like that. And then on top of that, you've got that the value add, the opportunity that you get from people just being more well within, yeah. within the enterprise. And then, of course... The happiness, or you know, if even if you go to Maslow and that whole self-actualization side of things in the workplace and purpose and things like that, then then I guess that's the key there. Where are you in the journey? Is it simple to to ask? You know, is it a case that you've had a, a long kind of history in Heineken of looking at that risk reduction, especially with you know in the in in the plant setting and and looking at. Um, just basic health matters, and then you're now looking at this additional layer of wellness. Where, where are you guys right now? Well, uh, for us, uh, safety is uh, is first. You know, I start all, all our meetings. We we start with HNS, so we see the pyramid of accidents and uh, etc. We call it for safety first. You know, especially because we have a big population of, of people in the plants, and but also people driving outside. You know, with clients and etc. So for us, this is this is. Uh, Top, top of mind, and it's pretty well established, you know. The, so there's no, no doubt on this. Although you have to constantly look at it and, and always aim to 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 do better. When it comes to the ROI that you that you mentioned, it's true. It, it's 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 linked again with 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 the different layers. You know, it's easier to measure the ROI uh, in, in in the bottom side. Uh, you know, like absenteeism, um, illness, and blah blah. It's becoming more complicated when you go to the to the other one, to the top, to the second one, sorry, and um, and it's really becoming more complex when it comes to the third, you know. Um, but you you will be talking about uh, productivity, you will be talking about uh, engagement, and and you will end talking about the uh, NPS, you know, the the net promoter um, uh, score. We are measuring all this. Uh, I have to say that we have a good good NPS uh, rate. Recently, there was a study with the Instituto de Empresa that uh, we we participated in and we were very glad to see that our employees see us uh, uh, very well on that side. But to me, what 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 matters is to link everything, you know, under under, under just one umbrella, you know. Where, okay, uh, you could have a healthy population, but uh, if it's healthy but they are living uh, in two years, then I mean, you have you're doing something wrong, you know. Yeah, and I guess that again, that comes back to the the, the core question of who owns well-being in the enterprise, because you could argue that each of those three layers could sit in very different areas yeah. of the organisation, mm-hmm. and then the challenge then becomes who brings it together, yeah. right? And, and and who has that joined-up thinking? Um, not necessarily a bad thing, right? That it could be the health and safety side, and yeah, the additional wellness, and then the whole kind of happiness and engagement mm. are in different areas and then they're championed by HR or board level or whoever it may be. I mean, what what, what you seen in that area? Is it, is, you know, do they come from vastly different areas? 
you know, are you trying to join it up essentially with with HR? I mean, what is I think HR would, would play the key role there to join all this. Uh, I see HR managing uh, health, uh, safety, managing uh, financial uh, wellness, uh, compartment, uh, nutrition, the spaces. Definitely, no doubt about that. Uh, but I see also a big part on RSC. So I don't, I don't necessarily see social responsibility as part of HR, but but there has to be a link with with these guys because of the third layer. The third layer is uh, has a strong component on RSC and, and how you link with the community. Uh, and then the other big uh, link for me would be with communication, communication department internally uh, and externally. You want to keep your your employees uh, aware of what you're doing for them while you're investing money. On, on how you're investing money on them. But externally, you want to also communicate what you're doing to attract talent, uh, which is uh, going to be more and more uh, important. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, and talent has, has been a theme that has come up again and again the last few episodes. And we were talking just before we, we started recording that in many cases, some of these things within the well-being space are looked upon so favourably by, you know, the, the kind of... The existing generation and think, wow, that's fantastic. Having these, it's like a bonus to have this in the workplace. Mm-hmm. What is the younger generation of millennials, whatever you want to call it, this is the minimum that they're expecting, yeah, right? Yeah. So the bar is forever being raised. And it's not just about, hey, let's have three bananas on a Friday and being happy with that, but really, <laughs> you know, really looking deeply at purpose. And, and if someone is going to come and work with Heineken in this case, then they want to really believe that they will fulfill their, their their purpose and they're going to have an impact within the world, right? Any company that wants to survive in this environment has to have a, a solid proposal. And by solid, I mean honest. I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it has to be honest. It has to be credible. Because if not, they're going to discover it it's, uh, sooner or later, you know. But at the same time, it has to be flexible. And just because of you, what you mentioned, the new generations, you know, you, you take uh, millennials and they may be interested in something that is different to the to Generation X. But Generation Z is different in some aspects to, gener- to the millennials. And, and how are you going to manage this, you know? So finding this balance between being solid and flexible for me, it's going to be the key in the future. So you have to have a, a strong uh, foundations, but you have to have an eye on what is going on outside uh, and even aiming to become you the trendsetter. Why not? Yeah. And I guess that's where, the, again, a strategy comes in, right? Correct. So it keeps you aligned so that you're not just running from one area to another just to appease people. And then in the longer term, it's not going to do you any good, right, in, in the enterprise. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you're doing, uh, some examples in these different areas within the well-being space within Heineken? True. Well, in, in the first layer, we, we have a fantastic uh, medical department, which we awarded recently in many different uh, places. Um, even safety, uh, our safety department has also been awarded in the Heineken world outside, uh, recognized their, their, their job. So we are, we are pretty, pretty happy on that. When it comes to, um, to the other layers, we, 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 in terms of, for example, on, on spaces, we rely on ISS. You mentioned, you mentioned ISS before. Even in nutrition, we, we rely on them, and when, when we are happy on what we are doing, we still have some work to do, but, 
but we are in the right direction. Uh, these guys are experts on, on, on the field, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a very challenging topic, if I have to say, uh, nutrition. Um, but, to, for example, we are, we are mixing, in, uh, if, if we take nutrition, we are mixing uh, the need of people to be, f- to be fed um, with uh, RSC, and we have a program called Food Waste uh, Reduction, where we are now measuring what we're throwing away to the bean, and, and, and we are tracking it uh, with, with a special, special uh, system called WinNow that will help us to reduce it, you know, and it's amazing. It's something that, you know, we're very excited about it. In terms of uh, talent, for example, we, we are uh, one of the few brewers in Spain that could really offer um, international experiences, and we have two programs called uh, Recruiting Erasmus and Go Places, which, uh, you know, are super attractive to, to, to new generations and, and only Heineken can, can offer something like that you know the, I, myself I was, a, was a, an expert in Ireland as you mentioned um, and other than that um, let me give you we aim to be uh, now we started a program that is related to digital which aim is to be a no generation ecosystem because uh, as you as you previously said, uh, we have the generation X, the generation Z, all all all, all together, and making it uh, easy for everybody to be at this and cohabit uh, at the same time in the same place, or not necessarily in the same place, but uh, from home and, and etc. Is, is 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 one of the the challenges uh, we have. And f- before I forget, uh, we have the high grow uh, program, which is for the first time. Uh, every employee in this company uh, has a development uh, program uh, managed by the company and, and, and managed by the manager. Every employee in the company has a, a development program uh, where they l- look at uh, you know their interest and, 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 and their career progression and etc. And the, the, what do they aim to uh, to achieve? Where do they want to go? Etc. And this this has also been recognized recently uh, with some awards. And yeah. finally, before I forget. Uh, we are all, I think, one one of the few companies in, in Spain that provides a pension scheme for every employee mm-hmm. again. So, um, as you see, we're doing great things. My question is, uh, you know, are we communicating this properly in a coordinated way? This is what we have to take advantage of and show the world what we do and and, and therefore attract and retain talent. Yeah, no, it's taking care, right? It's ta- you know, and it's some of the things that you mentioned we touched on in the last episode with Santander, hmm. even the multi-generational workforce and even, you know, Dan Strode was talking about now even up to five generations and, yeah. and, and not necessarily being swayed by kind of stereotypes for any of those but just actually keeping the channels of communication open so that you know exactly what they what they want. And and also, given the fact that we covered the context of positive organisations in the last episode, again, a lot of those things that you're talking about is taking care of the employees. The question is, with a lot of these things, you know, what, what do we call it? Do we even call it well-being? Do we, do we just ensure that well-being is an element, is an ingredient that is there, but there's a but there's a bigger thing, you know, is it just the fact of having a positive culture and, you know, well-being, is, you know, the, so the driving description or word isn't necessarily well-being, but it's just, is it something else? What is it? In my opinion, um, well-being would be a part of, of, the, of the employee value proposition. Uh, so um, not everything on the employee value proposition is well-being, but well-being is a big part of, of the employee value proposition. So I guess uh, the right answer would be 
what is the employee value proposition of your company? Um, what is the employee journey when when a employee starts and and and, and leaves? Uh, have you tracked this? Have you have you a plan for this? Uh, which are the gaps? Uh, uh, are these uh, well-being gaps or, or just uh, I don't know technology gaps? And and I think we could call it employee employee value proposition, where well-being would be something uh, really important, but the well-being responsible would would have an eye on on technology, let's say, but not necessarily being responsible for technology. You have the IT department, you know, so, and that will become an, an MD, an executive committee thing, you know, putting all the pieces together. Yeah, and that fits with SAP in the case that we did and and their experience journey mapping, you know, taking yeah. design thinking and actually looking what is the experience of, in their case, the sales personnel. Uh, and that could be, you know, uh, yeah, from, from, from joining and onboarding into retirement or moving on, right, and, and looking at the needs of the of employee, each of those steps. Mm-hmm. I have a question because related to trade-offs, right, because in terms of different um, parts of the organisation doing different elements of well-being, I'm just curious as if there's ever any, um, you know, Bump, you know, people bumping into each other and trade-offs and and things like that and well-being. I know it's kind of a specific question and, and it might be hard to answer right away. But one example is is that we've always had in the lab regards health and safety, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've we talked about behaviour change a lot and even coming in to visit you this morning. So we're in the Heineken offices here in Madrid. My first time here, and I was I was very impressed just coming in and in in, in the office design signs at the elevator talking about take the stairs right? mm-hmm, and the, mm-hmm. the value of taking the stairs mm-hmm. and we all know the value of taking the stairs for weight management and many other benefits in many companies over the years when we've talked about the simple behaviour change of taking stairs they've said to us well we actually have a health and safety policy which prevents us from taking the stairs mm-hmm. we're not allowed to take the stairs in case there's a, you really? know, we're more prone to accidents and things like that right? So, and I know in some areas that it's so strict in that sense that yeah. they want to minimise risk by saying, just take the elevator. We don't want to complicate our lives, right? Yeah. Now, very kind of simple example, but if, and I know you guys are kind of early and just putting all these areas together and who owns the well-being and who's driving what. But I don't know, any thoughts on that? Would there be any trade-offs? Have you come across any so far? Um, well, I have a funny example, you know, that um, we, we, we do give fr- uh, fruit to employees, um, I think it's uh, once a week, and... Um, but, uh, but just close to the fruit, you have a machine providing you with uh, chocolate uh, cookies. You know? It's like, yeah. okay, so I think we have to talk more. You know, you and me, you, the doctor and myself, you know, uh, we, we should be aligned. On, on a, should I take this uh, chocolate cookies out? Uh, um, that's for me the, the, key, the, the key question, you know, that, that, that are you coordinated, you know, and um, you have to have a vision, you know, and, and uh, this vision has to end into an honest proposal. Uh, it has to be solid, and uh, and therefore you you have to be coordinated with the, with with all the areas. And that's why HR, uh, you know, is is the right uh, umbrella for this, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and and that just shows you right there that there's so many things. It's such a complex area, right? It when is. you start digging into that. It is, yeah. and, and and so many different things on the to do list. But it's so exciting, honestly. It's it's, it's super exciting. Um, in fact, when you try to put everything together, like in one, like we, we call it pyramid, you know, the, the, the layers and so, but you even discover that, you know, there's part of, uh, let's say, financial wellness 
that is related to or maybe related to mental uh, stress you know uh, at some point in your journey in the company you would you, you would like to have a, a loan to pay this you know the university of, of your you know in the spaces uh, i manage nutrition but nutrition is related to health you know um, so even if you try to put it all together in a pyramid, everything is interconnected and that's why uh, you know there has to ha- there has to be a, a um, a vision that puts everything together, and, and when you're trying to to make an action on one side, that everybody you know sees that and, and approves that it makes sense with the vision that we establish and with the main goals and uh, and the foundations of our program. You know, what is the vi- can I ask that just now? What do you have the vision? Is it succinct? Is it clear for you guys in terms of this? You know, you mentioned that you not maybe not necessarily well-being, but the employee value proposition. I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything that you can share in that respect? The uh, we recently, as, as I as I said, we recently had a, an analysis uh, of of our employee journey we, we, that ended with a, with a mapping and and, 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 a, and a good rate on the APS, NPS, NPS, sorry, NPS, yeah. And we are working on that, and that's why we are now thinking about how well-being links to to the employee value proposition, the employee journey, and where does it stand. Uh, so the vision would be, you know, looking at what we're doing today, which we're, we're doing a million things, uh, putting them in the right place uh, in this employee journey and, and this AVP, see if there are gaps. See also the, the reason why you would act uh, on this topic or not, uh, if uh, say, uh, does it make sense that we invest on I don't know, like uh, refurbishing the, the the building and having you know high table and high chairs uh, because that's just good for for your back, uh, but maybe your backs are good, you know. So uh, um, so analyzing properly the gaps, analyzing you you could, you could talk about. Uh, your insurance policy data. Um, you could talk about your your uh, your absenteeism numbers. This analysis needs to be done, and and um, and and that's the journey we are in. And I think it's going to be a first step is going to be putting the pieces of what we're doing together uh, in the right place and see the whole picture and see. Okay, now we want to create a plan where we fill the gap. This gap first, not the other. You know, and and. And so, and that's this, the exciting part. Well, the exciting part to me also is that you can transform people, people's life, you know, and that's the beauty. Uh, I saw this in Ireland. I saw uh, an exercise of, of changing two buildings, two main buildings in, in, in Ireland, and how this, you know, changed the culture and, and with the culture changed the environment and with the environment changed the, 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 the innovation rate and, and, and the motivation rate, engagement rate. And with that, the results, you know, and that I'm, I'm a fair believer that um, that all this makes sense. Uh, and besides, you're doing great things for people. So what else? Yeah. No, and just to wrap it up, um, that is exactly what I was going to ask you. I mean, how, how are you going to know? When, when you've got to the end of the journey or what are you looking for? Is it as simple as maybe as you've witnessed in Ireland that people come into the office in the morning and they have a smile on their face and, and they're engaged in the work that they do and that the relations between people are just so much more positive? What, what, what are you looking for in this journey? Well, I think there's no, there's no end uh, on this journey um, because new, new generations will come and will demand different things. Um, but what we expect is to is to have um, a clear picture of where we are, 
and um, keep on the, the the good levels of NPS that we have today, and I guess you know maybe establish new targets on this NPS, you know to to be the the the, the place people wants to work for and the company people want to wants to work for, which is the case today. Uh, but you cannot sleep; uh, you, you you have to continuously work on this, and and there are global programs on this uh, supporting us global tools um, this is the beauty also of being part of being part of a, a big company like Heineken and uh, you know I, I I hope I could work on this field for long yeah and there's lots to do right lots to do lots yeah. to do which is which is good and we may see each other in the in the journey yeah no that was great many thanks for your insights today Fernando and wishing you the best of luck going ahead it's been a pleasure thank you Steve for your for your for this opportunity that was very kind thanks Fernando thank you mm-hmm.